no matter what happens, it's essential to stay close to our key buyers and stakeholders. I think we have to continue to offer them value by ensuring that any presentation or discussion that we have with them is relevant to their objectives or their challenges. I think that's very important to put ourselves in their shoes. Welcome to Top Shelf Integrity, where we give you an inside look at how we, the Beam Centauri on-premise team, maintain our best-in-class standards in the alcohol industry and what makes us the best team in the business, bar none. It's about service at the end of the day, and we're going to show you how we do our thing so you can level up yours. What does Top Shelf Leadership do differently? What does it mean to show up for your customers and your teammates? How do you balance innovation and honoring legacy? It's all here. So grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's pour one out. Welcome, everybody, back to Top Shelf Integrity. My name is Rachel Harris, and I am the Vice President of On-Premise in the United States at Beam Centauri. And I am here today with a very lovely guest and member of my team, Lisa Nelson. So say hi, Lisa. Hello, Rachel. Thank you. Happy to be here. I am Lisa Nelson. I'm the Senior National Account Manager for Hotels at Beam Centauri, based out of Chicago, Illinois, calling on the United States. I manage a team of two, and we call on about 45 strategic hotel partners, again, throughout the U.S., So today we're going to talk about the evolving world of the hotel channel. And Lisa is the lead for our hotel channel here at Beam. And um, Lisa, why don't you tell our listeners um, a little bit about your background, kind of getting to Beam, how long you've been at Beam? Yes. So I've been with Beam almost six years. Oh my gosh, it really flew by. (laughs) Uh, Prior to that, I worked with one of the top wine, beer and spirit suppliers for eight years, managing on, off and national account business. Um, Yeah. So I've had... My entire adult life has been in the spirits industry, wine and spirits industry. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's an amazing industry to be in. (laughs) I have a passion for it. Of course. Of course. And so speaking of that, um, you brought me this lovely cocktail, which looks so delicious. Um, Can you tell me what it is we're going to be sipping on? Yes, we are imbibing on an El Tesoro Paloma. And as you well know, Palomas are one of the fastest growing cocktails on premise. And tequila is the hottest category in the industry. So I thought this just made a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I also love when my, my guests get to choose and, and bring me amazing things. Um, just for visualization, our Paloma is in a tall Collins glass with a big grapefruit wedge. So if that doesn't sound refreshing, oh man, it's definitely refreshing. Um, as a reminder, Beam Centauri reminds you to drink responsibly as well. And we'll be sipping on this cocktail during this conversation as we talk about hotels. Let's dive in, Lisa. Um, so as I mentioned, we're here to talk about the evolving world of the hotel channel. Um, we'll talk about the channel as a whole kind of travel and the leisure industry at large. Um, I want to touch on where the hotel channel was before covid um, and during COVID, how it survived COVID, because it was the hardest hit subchannel um, during COVID. And then um, since you lead the channel, I'd love to get your insights into where you think the hotel channel um, will be going in the future. Great. It's all pretty exciting stuff. Um, obviously, before pre-COVID, uh, the landscape was was amazing when you think about what it added to to the GDP, to the workforce. Um, Prior to the pandemic, hotels supported millions of jobs. 
uh, specifically one out of 25 American jobs or approximately 8.3 million jobs were part of the lodging industry, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, and we contrib- contributed $660 billion to the U.S. GDP, which is amazing. Yeah, it's a huge industry, right? Huge industry. So what this meant was the properties had fully staffed F&B teams prior to COVID. Chains had directors of purchasing, uh, many of whom had been in the industry for years, if not decades. So I don't want to say, you know, well-oiled machine, but definitely people, there were huge teams that had their finger on the pulse of what was going on within lodging. With COVID came the loss of millions, millions of jobs, about 5 million actually. Uh, So that resulted in huge staffing challenges. And thus, you know, overall change really changed the hotel landscape. Uh, for example, before COVID, hotel had multiple outlets, you know, offering different day parts. Many of those outlets uh, are still not open and or only offering certain day part service or closing early, shorter hours. Um, and again, a really big, uh, really important thing to note is how important banquets and catering uh, is to the hotel, to lodging overall. So with the loss of banquets and catering that oftentimes would make up over 65% of their revenue. So COVID really impact, I mean, it impacted everything, but, but lodging got really, really hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an important point to make um, because the hotel channel is really complex, right? There's so many different outlets within that hotel property that drive revenue for that property. And, you know, I kind of let in with talking about travel and just staying, you know, staying at the hotel, which means I'm probably having a cocktail at the hotel bar at the hotel restaurant. But there's also business um, in the pantries and in the rooms. And what you just quoted with the banquets, like didn't even didn't even dawn on me that that uh, business was so significant to their entire Mm P&L. So definitely a a huge loss. So you already started to touch on the the landscape of the hotel and travel channel when the, when the world shut down, but tell me a little bit more about that. For the first time in the, in history, uh, the industry surpassed 1 billion unsold rooms, which is astounding when you think about it. And, you know, we compare a lot of a lot of things to the recession in 2009. And this was far worse. In 2009, there were 786 million unsold rooms. So, you know, a, a billion yeah. unsold rooms during this time. One of the things to note is that business was very dependent on geography. Uh, the opportunities were were rare overall, but where we did find opportunities was generally in warmer climates. And that makes sense, right? We all, we all would have loved to retreat to those warmer climates where you could be outside. So that, that makes total sense. And I think geographically overall across all of our sub channels, they were all impacted differently because, because of the geography and because Mm -hmm. of the weather. So how did COVID really upset the plans that you had? I would say as a national account manager, you know, my objective is to build uh, partnerships through offering value, you know, selling in viable brands and and programmings to support those brands. And then, you know, monitoring compliance with our with our wholesaler and collaborating with the wholesaler. So when travel stopped, millions, again, millions of people lost their jobs and buyers were furloughed. So we really had to start from scratch, finding out who the decision makers were and what the solutions were that we could offer. It was essentially, we went from being a sales and marketing arm to just to being more of a support arm for the lodging segment. Yeah. I mean, the, the industry was in a state of turmoil, right? And Lots of, you, you quoted some of the jobs that were being lost. I mean, 
you work with a lot of our national hotel partners and you know, they went through a lot of change in their organizations as well like throughout COVID. So it wasn't just at the the local level and the staffing level at, at the particular um, properties, but also from a corporate buying standpoint and a, and a headquarters standpoint, um, there were a lot of changes, um, which actually brings me to, to my next question, which is um, I alluded to the fact that, you know, Beam leaned, leaned in um, to the hotel channel during COVID. Is how did Beam's on-premise approach um, you know, differ uh, during COVID and differ on hotels versus other subchannels. So what I would say as far as the approach to hotels versus versus other channels is hotels just have so many different nuances. They have multiple outlets. They have pools and grab and goes and rooftop bars and golf courses. So we really had to find out a what was open, you know, who we could work with. Also taking a lot of time to reset. But again, the, the hotel and the lodging channel is just it's just a lot different than other pieces of the on-premise. One of the most important things to note when it comes to the lodging segment is how it lends itself towards premiumization. So not only are there multiple outlets, but generally lodging, it drives more premiumization. And ultimately, that's Beam Centauri's vision. And um, that's what we're seeing, what, what's happening across, you know, across the globe is pre- premiumization. So, so it just fit in well and aligned with our strategy. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a premiumization strategy yeah. because that's also where consumers are going. Um, consumers are driving that premiumization, you know, strategy overall and consumption overall as well. And so we want to make sure that we have our fair share of that. And within the hotel channel, as you mentioned, that's where I want to go to get a nice fancy premium cocktail, right? Um, so it was the right place to lean in. And um, you mentioned the investment in your team, um, you know, to be clear to our listeners, we built out the hotel team um, during COVID. Um, we had hotels dedicated um, you know, employees prior to COVID, but we added more during COVID. And we actually added more while the channel was still shut down, which is a, a testament. And, and you alluded um, to being you know, proud and grateful. And, and I am too, that, you know, when, when a sub channel within one of our priority businesses is down, that we as a company actually lean in harder, um, which is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it's something, that, it's, yes, it's, it's something, it's something to talk to and be proud of. And um, also though, to be sensitive during that time, because knowing that so many other companies did furlough people. So it was kind of a, a fine line to walk on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess and then as the leader of this team, um, were there ways that you pivoted your approach to customers and your relationships with customers? I think I alluded to this earlier, but definitely coming up with a solution-based approach. So offering virtual educations, um, you know, it was a time to reset. Um, we worked with staff that actually did have uh, hotel food and beverage teams. And we worked really closely with third-party marketing companies and with our wholesaler to make sure that we were aware of any changes and up-to-date on anything that was going on and identified any opportunities. And it was a time to be a resource and not to talk about sales. Now, that time is now. And one other thing that really helped during COVID was the purchase of On The Rocks in 2020. I mean, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. So Beam Centauri purchased uh, On The Rock, and that was really a nice tool to go in and be able to talk to people about. Yeah, for sure. We talked about the different outlets and I, I mentioned the pantry and 
I mean, that grab and go area, I, I feel like was never really a focus um, in the past. And now it's such a huge focus and on the rocks is a great enabler for us for there. It definitely is. And, um, you know, we've worked with the strategic teams to make sure that we're putting together you know schematics similar to what we see with off premise. So, you know, for the cold box, for floor displays, for counter displays, um, we have a really large program run, rolling out with about 400 properties, which will be featuring on the rocks in a marketplace situation. Amazing. So when you're out there traveling, <laughs> look for On the Rocks at your at your nearest hotel. Um, but speaking of On the Rocks, do you have a favorite On the Rocks variant? Because we have several different amazing cocktails that are pre-bottled. That is a great question. And I do. And I can't wait for it to roll out. <laughs> so the offerings that we have right now, I love the old fashioned. Um, moving forward in Q3, I'm very excited about the Efren Espresso Martini. Yes. Oh my gosh. And the Espresso Martini is such a hot cocktail right now too. It really is. And it was delicious. They did a great job. Awesome. Awesome. Well, see something to look forward to and your next hotel stay (laughs) as well. So yeah, let me bring us back uh, for a second, just on, on the channel, um, because we've talked about the different outlets, I guess, what are some of the unique demands on the characteristics of this channel that you have to address as a leader in this channel? I think it's the multiple outlets. So it's not one size fits all. It's making sure that, that you're, you know, you're programming that, that you know what each property or what hotel is focused on. So a hotel might be pro- focused on, you know, getting their banquet and catering business back. So, you know, working with them on developing programs for banquet and catering, um, they might have a p- the pool program. So making sure that we have a pool program offering. Uh, again, we talked about this already, but the marketplace is a really, really big priority with a lot of hotels right now. Um, and then again, you know, we talked about geography, but it has a significant impact on the business. So, so we just want to make sure that we're very nimble in in our offerings and our resources when the opportunities arise. Yeah, for sure. Being flexible, nimble, nimble is a good word for that, right? Throughout all. And and speaking of that, um, you know, travel has you know, it is returning. Um, it has returned and, and we've been on a bit of a roller coaster, um, you know, with travel, but I would love to say that, that we're well on our way, um, to returning to full force travel across both business and leisure. Can you discuss a little bit of some of the difficulty of how do you plan for that? Like, how do you plan for the future knowing that, um, that it has been a roller coaster around travel? I think, I think nobody can predict or control the future. Um, what we can do and what, what we do is, you know, align ourselves strategically with key partners and grow our business through increasing and improving share. Through this pandemic, a lot of our partners have consolidated their programs. So, so at this point, we can't really measure on, I mean, we can still measure on sales, but but we can't really measure on, you know, the profitability. What we have to measure are the number of mentions, you know, in a beverage program. What we have to measure on is share and increasing share. And across the board, I would say that Beams and Toy has done a really good job over the last year and a half of, of gaining share. Yeah. And, and I think that's a tribute to leaning in, leaning in on, um, you know, during the worst of times and, and still being there and building those relationships and partnerships and programming and, to the credit of you and your team, just really listening to the, to our partners mm-hmm. and what they need and bringing solutions like on the rocks and, and programming to them uh, as well. 
Yeah. And the highball, I just want to mention the highball. That's a great platform. People are so excited about it. Beam Centauri has an entire team dedicated to the highball. So it's a, it's a big focus and it's because it checks all the criteria. It is quick service. It is sa- uh, safe service. So highball is a big priority and the, and the hotel is loving it. Yeah. And I love highball too. For our avid listeners know that I usually sip on a responsibly on a highball and, and obviously the highball team um, is also a part of our on-premise leadership team and has done some really great work um, delivering again, low touch, no touch yep. solutions, which is amazing. Well, we've talked about the hotel channel prior to COVID. We've really diagnosed, you know, what had happened to the hotel channel during COVID and um, while we know the pandemic is is still with us, I think I would love to chat a little bit about the future um, and where the hotel channel is is going. Um, you know, you you lead the team, and the insights around the channel have changed dramatically over time. Right, there's a pace of change in the industry that we have to keep up with. How do you stay on top of the insights and on top of adapting to the hotel channel. And I mean, ultimately, is there light at the end of the tunnel too? I think absolutely. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Not only are we seeing the desire to travel back in absolute full force, we're also seeing a significant increase in RevPAR, which is uh, the revenue per average room. So that's gone up almost across the board. And um, the latest forecast from STR, which is a company that provides insights for the hospitality industry, reinforces these views and they also predict the industry will return to 2019 demand uh levels by late 2022 so i think that's a that's pretty bright light i think it is too and i think i mean personally i mean i have enjoyed the return to business travel as i've as i have navigated that um and also the return to personal travel and vacations and i do think there is a i also agree there is a pent-up demand of uh, individuals who, uh, when they feel safe and it's ready that they are out and about and taking advantage. Yes. I'm one of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, are you, are you able to predict a little bit more about the hotel channel and the return to that hotel channel? What I can predict is, um, well, I want to start by saying 2021 turned out to be a pretty good year after a tumultuous, tumultuous start. I think we've again, laid a pretty good foundation. I think that no matter what happens, it's essential to stay close to our key buyers and stakeholders. I think we have to continue to offer them value by ensuring that any presentation or discussion that we have with them uh, is relevant to their objectives or their challenges. I think that's very important to put ourselves in their shoes. An example is pre-COVID, there was a really concerted effort in the lodging segment on sustainability. COVID significantly altered the trajectory of that pillar. Um, But I think now it's time to revisit. So if I'm kind of forecasting the future, I think sustainability is going to be a big thing. I think training and education is going to be important because you have a lot of people that aren't familiar with the industry. Every presentation that I make or that team makes, we always have the proof positive pillars uh, in tandem with the sustainability platforms that uh, that, uh, of our customers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, sustainability was a was a huge topic and a focus prior to the pandemic. And I think the pandemic um, just exacerbated the fact that like we do need to focus on that and we do need to focus on being sustainable and in a resource constrained environment or a financial constrained environment because of the devastation on this particular channel, it it elevates that need even more. 
Um, and you mentioned the training, you know, hospitality industry within Hotel Channel is a huge workforce and one that has been hit pretty hard and is continuing to rebuild. And as you recruit more and more individuals kind of into the hospitality world um, and into these jobs as the hotels are fully ramping back up, um, training becomes so key. And as a supplier, we can help to provide that training too. I want to spend a second to talk just about um, consumer experiences Um, Because we talk about this a lot, right? And making sure that we are helping to deliver a consumer experience. And as as, uh, we return to the hotel channel and and droves, right? We want that experience um, and a differentiation in that experience. So when you think about the hotel channel and consumer experience, how has that consumer experience changed? Um, I'm a consumer today. I'm excited to return to business travel and leisure travel. Like, I walk into a hotel, what could I expect? I think you can expect that the the beverage program will be a little bit more consolidated. I think you're going to see brands that you know and you're familiar with. I think you're going to see a premiumization, an effort on premiumization. I think there'll be less commodity brands that are offered. I think there will also be a focus on the marketplace and the grab and go. Um, and I think this is also given a rise to the RTDs. I think there will be more and more RTDs that we'll see out there in the, in the lodging channel. Yeah, for sure. I think there has to be this balance of like consistency and kind of true straightforward with this creativity of experience that I want to have. Um, and I think what you describe is a little bit of like the balance of what the programming looks like within pantry and potentially banquet versus what comes to life in the bar and the restaurants and in the lobby even. Um, well, wonderful. This has been um, a really lovely conversation. Um, I guess before we we close out with a little bit of toast, I guess, are there any other additional insights that you wanted to share with our audience? I think it's an exciting time. I think we all want to get out there and we want to travel. I think it makes me feel optimistic to see what the specialists, what the industry professionals are, are saying about the future of, of hotels. Uh, so. Let's get out there and let's travel. Let's all have a nice Beam Centauri cocktail when we do so responsibly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so excited for where you're going to take this hotel channel and, and this business um, here at Beam Centauri. Um, you have an amazing team and you just continue to build the relationships with our customers while they're rebuilding, while they're recovering. Um, and it's just, it's just really exciting to see. And I'm excited to see where you take it. I'm really excited and happy to be here. And thank you. Uh, you. You were essential in making sure that this team was built. So thank you. And yeah. thanks Beam. Yeah. And so we always close out our top shelf integrity podcast with a bit of a toast. Um, do you have a toast that you would like to offer? Well, sure. Here's to 2022 reaching 2019 levels for, for the lodging, the lodging segment and beyond. Yes. Cheers to that. Top Shelf Integrity is brought to you by Beam Centauri, Inc., Chicago, Illinois. Remember to always drink responsibly.